Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special Pharmacy Magazine learning podcast on men's health. We're going to be talking about the sensitive subject of erection problems, and I'm joined on the pod by Martin Todd, Chief Executive of the Men's Health Forum, Adi Williams, award-winning pharmacist at Bedminster Pharmacy in Bristol, and Rob Elliott, who is a pharmacist and the marketing director of Beatrice, manufacturer of Viagra Connect. So thanks all for joining us uh, on this podcast. Martin, let's start with you then. Um, Could you give us some context about this? How many men are affected by erection problems? Well, it's estimated that about 5 million men are affected by erection problems. Um, Although one of the problems with that number is that only a small proportion of those men are discussing the issue with pharmacists. And is why is that beyond the obvious, I suppose, that it's a very sensitive subject? Is it because men just don't discuss it with anyone or, or men don't see pharmacy as a, a place to go to talk about um, erection problems? Well, I, I think it's probably a mixture of the two. I mean, I, I don't think it's a topic that men talk about hugely anyway. You know, the, there's often quite a, a sense of embarrassment or, or shame about it. But I think a big part of that is that people don't um, understand the reasons for it. Um, you know, there's a sort of tradition that you might think it's something to do with your ability as a man and the the actual things that could be sitting behind it, whether it's a health condition uh, like cardiovascular disease or diabetes or high cholesterol or a psychological factor which can relate to the problem itself, sort of performance anxiety, but also stress or how you're feeling about yourself and also lifestyle factors. You know, if you're overweight, if you're drinking too much, you're not getting enough sleep. I I think there's a sort of lack of understanding. And then I think there is a thing with men that we still don't really understand pharmacies and the idea of how we can use them. You know, I I often joke about the fact that there was a a certain large pharmacy chain that was running advertising for a few years saying, here come the girls. Well, why should men think it's a place for them? So that that's that's been a historical issue. And I certainly don't think that men know that you can get quite a wide range of useful health advice that it can be done confidentially, confidentially. So there's a lot of it's lack of knowledge, I think, is a big barrier. And then there's sort of a social stigma and expectation sitting on top of that. Yes, I mean, men don't access primary care much at all anyway, do they? They're, they're reluctant to. And I guess, you know, pharmacy is part of that, I suppose. Yeah, although I, I think pharmacy is a big part of the solution because the interesting thing, when you look at, for example, GP attendance, it there is a big gap during working age. Um, and there's a particular gap but due to reproductive health, where there are reasons for women to go that don't apply to men. But it is really striking that when you look at, for example, a GP access survey and you break it down by age, as soon as you get to retirement age, the difference vanishes. It vanishes. So, uh, and there really is no difference in, in you know, the, the amount that people claim to go to the GP as soon as they retire. So a lot of it is about work patterns. And the kind of barriers that historically GPs have represented, and that's changed a bit now because of online access, where, you know, it tends to be near your home. But if your work isn't near your home, um, it's harder to access. Um, Hours uh, are are more uh, restricted, particularly, again, if you're working full time and men are much more likely to be working full time. And the pharmacist, potentially, if we can 
But is an answer to that and a great opportunity for men's health. We've long been of the view that pharmacists are an absolute underused weapon in uh, in tackling all the wide issues of men's health. And they're um, an underused weapon in terms of tackling the issue of erection problems as well. Yes, we would uh, definitely all agree with that, Martin. Um, underutilized and, and perhaps underexploited, um, but a big opportunity, like you say. What about rates of erection problems in men? I think I read somewhere over uh, the last few days that they've maybe doubled over the last 25 years or so. Um, Is is that true? And if so, why do you think that is? You know, it is an issue that more and more men are overweight uh, and have poor, uh, relatively poor health behaviours. I hadn't heard about that long-term trend. I know that prescribing levels are obviously going up and there's probably more awareness of the issue as well. Why there would be an upward trend, I don't know. I mean, I suspect there are good reasons why there might have been an upward trend during lockdown the last year. I think uh, we've all found ourselves a bit less physically active. There's been the extra stress and mental pressure that we've all been under but from being isolated. So I don't know about long-term trends, but I, I, you know, I think there is evidence and there's certainly survey evidence that says that there has been a particular issue during the, the whole COVID experience due to primarily the sort of the, the less healthy lifestyles and the, the greater mental pressure we're all under. I mean, something else we've been involved in has been the, uh, the big increase in deaths from alcohol-related disease that we've seen during lockdown. The evidence is that people are drinking quite a lot more um, as a result of the COVID pandemic and being at home, not having anything else to do. And you would expect that, for example, to feed through into erection problems as well. Yes, I mean, that that seems to make intuitive sense, doesn't it? Um, lifestyle factors, you know, alcohol, as you say, um, obesity, we're all more sedentary and, and, and the lockdowns in the last year has just exacerbated those. And what about the the age range of, of men and erection problems? Because it's not just middle-aged or, or older men, isn't it? Um, younger men um, are affected too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is evidence that, you know, a quarter of um, men who do ex- experience erection problems are under 35. So, you know, I think it is something that's seen as a, a just an old man's problem and, and something that people can be fatalistic about. But it can affect men at every age for all the different reasons that we've talked about. Um, but again, there, I think we just need to be normalizing it and reducing the stigma and just making it something that people find easier to talk about, because if they can talk about it, then they can do something about it and they can deal with it in a more informed way. And actually coming back to our earlier discussion about, uh, men and use of health services, I think there is, there's, there's definite evidence that men just understand health less well than women and, and talk about it less and are less informed. And that's, that's a definite factor as well. And, and, you know, the, one of the reasons we're backing the Time to Raise It campaign is that we just want the stigma to go away, to be something that it's just not a big deal. You approach it as something that can be talked about, that can be dealt with, that you can go to a pharmacist or another health um, practitioner and get advice and, and get the problem uh, sorted and tackled or whatever might be sitting behind it sorted and tackled. I think there's a real opportunity to just destigmatize it, normalize it. If you think of things that we didn't used to talk about and now do in a in a more open way, I think in no case has that been a step in the wrong direction. Has that been a bad thing? And, I, and, and certainly from our point of view, 
discussion about erection problems is very firmly in the same category. So it's it's normalizing it, removing the stigma, demedicalizing it, I suppose, is, is, is that one way of looking at it. I think pharmacy has a tendency to medicalize problems as well, actually. So maybe that's something for, for pharmacy teams to think about. Well, I think there's always the point that, you know, there are potential psychological reasons for erection problems and and they're not to be underestimated and they're obviously harder to deal with in a in a pharmacy environment but there are medical reasons as well and i i still don't think that people necessarily see it as a medical issue i mean that that the real barrier is that people see it as some kind of failure of manhood or something like that and that's not a medical response uh, so i think i think in terms of the journey towards um destigmatizing it actually opening it up to say well you know it it could be psychological it could be medical it could be because of your lifestyle it could be because you're not getting enough sleep and um anything that can be done to open that up uh and to remove those barriers and just make it normalized including it a medical option being being one of the one of the options is is can only be a good thing Indeed. And of course, it has enormous impact, doesn't it, on men, both physical and psychological. Um, Have you got any um, information or or data that shows the effect that not dealing with erection problems can have on men? Well, on a most serious level, if there is an underlying medical issue and it doesn't get dealt with and it's and it takes longer to be addressed, then then that can be a serious thing and it's one reason why we you know we ask that um the health system takes erection problems more seriously asks about it uh, and and thinks of it as a as an indicator that needs to be looked at and understood um but there is this sort of loop that you can get into it 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 flows two ways in terms of mental health and well-being um it can affect uh it can lead to depression anxiety um lack of confidence but also if people are in that space um, of stress and low self-esteem it can feed back into erection problems so it can be a contributor to a a sort of negative spiral for men Um, and and so addressing that is really important. Yes thanks Martin it's really interesting points there and Adam, let's bring you into the discussion um, at this point And, and maybe let's pick up on some of Martin's points about how pharmacists can encourage men to open up about their health in general. And I know men's health is a a big focus for you down at Bedminster Pharmacy. So how have you gone about it, Ado? I think one of the things that I, you know, I certainly agree with everything Martin has said, and and particularly that point where many people do not appreciate that for the older male population, the disparity that we know about men presenting in healthcare settings tends to um, tend net, not to be as, as significant anymore. So I think what we're then saying is that what, what happens to the young adolescent, you know, male who becomes a young adult and then has a working life, what happens to them all those years? And in that space is where actually the opportunity is because if we want to improve anything we need to think how do we get them to work with us so for us in Bermister we've we live we are based in a working class uh, South Bristol suburb and we knew that actually a lot of our male patients were not coming into us they're going to the pub next door 
So we started two initiatives. We started doing the polls in the pub on a Friday. So every Friday, we go into the pub and do blood pressure checks. You may think, well, that's not really the best or most reliable way to go about it. But the whole idea was to say, well, actually, let's have a chat with you. Let's come in, into your environment and then you start to see us as a familiar face. The other thing we do is uh, during the month of uh, for Men's Health Week, we do a BEMI challenge, which is a men's health focus, and you come in for a mini MOT. Again, the idea is that there's a prize, there's banter, but you're you're actually talking to us about your health. And we feel by engaging with the men, what we are learning, actually, the feedback is we are understanding what is their life like. And again, just to echo the things that Martin has said, the fact that you know working men just sometimes don't have the time to go in to book in for appointments. They have no reason to. You know, the over 40 health check, if you look at the statistics, it tells you that many men just don't make it in. And even they don't, so you're surprised that some don't know about it. They, you know, they, but more importantly is that we still know that even in that particular age group, in pharmacies is still where they have the most contact. Why? Because they will come in to, to buy, you know, to pick up things for themselves or for their loved ones or for their families or even to ask direction sometimes, which is one of the things that we do. And in those contacts, in those moments, it's really where the making every contact count, uh, you know, applies especially because what can I do to let you know that I'm able to help you? But, you know, in you know is one of the challenges that we have really embraced. And part of that is certainly being proactive, but also being seen as a receptive, friendly, male-centered environment, which, again, another point that Martin centered is that too many times in the past, pharmacies have been focused so much on the female population that actually when men go in, we make them become very aware that this is not the place for you to be. So that's something that we've really tried to, uh, uh, you know, tackle in our community. Yeah. So w- within that kind of framework or that approach, Denadi, so where does pharmacy fit into the management of erection problems then? I think pharmacy has got a very unique offering. Um, embracing the healthy living pharmacy model, and I must say this again, is really looking at the great resources that the Men's Health Forum has made available, what you are then able to do is, first of all, to, to start to visualize and actually start to appreciate the, the, the experience of your male population, which for many, many pharmacies, I think, you know, they've never actually had to step back to do, to actually think, okay, what is the local picture for men's health in, in my locality? Then the other thing, thing from that, that that does is that you then start to think, okay, what can I do about it? What can I do about our environment? What can I do about training ourselves to understand the, the right approach? What do I understand about men's health? You know, because again, we mustn't forget that in many pharmacies, it's a very female-dominated workforce. So actually, you know, you, there is a learning that needs to happen. But out of all of that is then also to see, well, look, the opportunity is literally right in front of us. You know, how then can we create a sensitive, dignified, uh, friendly environment where somebody comes in but also appreciate the fact that you are a healthcare professional. And I think when when, when Martin said about the under-reporting of particularly electoral problems, one of the things I learned from my visits to the pub, and I must put a disclaimer here, simply for to provide the pharmaceutical services expected of me, was of how many people <laughs> were telling me the people that they got advice from. And no surprisingly, you know, they, you know, when they would come into the pharmacy, they would go, oh, my friend who might normally talk to about this, 
suggested coming to talk to you. So actually, my credibility as a healthcare professional came from their sources that they already had. But that is fine. And I think what that then does is that when we do bring those men in, when they are in that environment, we are then able to then engage with them and use our skills and expertise to bring in, uh, to help them up. We mustn't also forget that there is this issue we're facing globally about how health education, just, you know, the things that everybody used to know about their health and their bodies is actually becoming quite a poor. So don't be surprised, actually, that, you know, like Martin again has said, that many men simply see erectile problems as some sort of uh, test of your uh, of your male persona or male psyche, psyche, nothing to do with your health. And it's almost sometimes a, a, a moment of telling people, okay, tell me a bit about your health. And they're looking at you like, what's that got to do with anything? Yeah, so I think it's, a, it's a, it, it, the opportunity certainly is there. Yeah, so in terms of when you're, you're you were talking to to a man about erection problems or your or your pharmacy teams are picking up on a, on a conversation from a man and it's clearly uncomfortable and wants to discuss something what then kind of happens what constitutes a successful consultation in terms of outcomes and i'm thinking of language and body language and the, your communication approach so what do you tell your how do your pharmacy teams go about doing this. Thank you. And I think the first thing to say is that this is got this is something that has got to be deliberate in which you have created a culture. You have undertaken a certain sort of exercise or training for the team to think how do we have these consultations properly. So first thing is that when a man turns up into there, we mustn't forget that when, when we are used to maybe young females turning up into a pharmacy counter, we offer them instinctively the use of the consultation room. We may say to them, we do prefer to speak to a female or a male pharmacy, does that matter? And almost trying to say to the team, actually, we must offer the same to a man because you know, you don't know why he's coming. And he wants to know that his privacy, his dignity is going to be respected. We offer the use of the consultation room there because you don't know what that query is. You know, you don't start off by saying, you know, and it's also how you phrase that. You don't, you don't, you don't do the, what is the problem? So I know whether you need the consultation room. It's not really the right approach. You have got to do it in the way that, that really enforces the fact that you value privacy and dignity. In those conversations, I think one of the things that happens is that remember that there is a big emotional burden sometimes. So you've got to actually give the person space. And uh, one of the things that um, I have learned, and I think my team have also you know, been able to learn from our experience, is, is almost to learn the silent pauses, to give the person the reason. You know, this person wants to, what do you want to speak to me about? And sometimes I have learned that the conversation starts off with something else and comes in and also be comfortable with a third person conversation in which somebody says to you that well actually I've got a friend and you know he's got this problem and I just wanted to find out what do you think and you know be, be fine with that let the information come as part of a natural conversation be empathetic be willing to give information and also be willing, but then also be quite deliberate again and quite um, confident to actually have a conversation around more holistic health because I haven't come in to unburden myself to you about what I think is the most significant thing. I may not realize that the diabetes, the coronary heart problem, or actually the signs of um, emotional distress and anxiety and depression, or even addiction to excessive, you know, which feeds into excessive alcohol consumption or illicit drug use is the significant issue. So what I must do then is to say, oh, thank you for that, you know, there, but actually let me just have a, you know, I must be willing because if I just simply am comf comfortable 
comfortable only focusing there. What I then lose is actually the opportunity to help you. And and I think those are some of the things there. But the dignity, I think, the privacy, the um, having a con- explaining to people why. Because remember, this is a great health education op- opportunity as well. I found very useful. So people are understanding. Why are you asking me about my family history of cardiovascular health? Why are you asking me about if I've got a prostate problem? Why are you, or you know, why are you asking me about whether I exercise or whether I smoke? Because when you are actually doing that, you are also lifting up the level of um, health education. I remember that that person, when they step out, whatever the outcome from that consultation, is going to go and feed into a few other people as well. And that's great as well. So those are some of the things that I think we've tried to do. But really to be to be male sensitive and to be confident in that place that we want to provide the best care for our male population. Yes, that's very important, the, the link to cardiovascular disease. Are they, uh, as you say, I mean, it's one of the reasons why it is so important men talk to healthcare professionals of, about erection problems because it, it could indicate a, a much more serious underlying problem. And one final question, Ade, are you seeing more men coming into your pharmacy um, with erection problems? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And, and we are actually um, very pleased in one sense about that, because I think one of the things that we are seeing is that it's telling us that actually some of the barriers that existed before in which people, you know, our male population maybe did not feel confident about talking to us about their health is we are breaking it down. And for me, the measure of it is to say, if you can come in to speak to us about your erectile problems, you know what? I think there's nothing else you can we cannot talk to you about and there's actually nothing else you cannot talk to us about. So, you know, and I think for us it's really starting to show but more important I think is also the this the 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 key the key trust factor there in which we are seen not just as a trusted healthcare professional for all of the population but actually a almost a, a de facto trusted, accessible healthcare professional for men. And there in there lies the great opportunity for us actually to champion better health across the whole range of spectrum for men's health. But in this particular space, I think one of the things we are also seeing is the opportunity to discuss emotional health, which is something that some you know we find a lot in those consultations. Is actually where the factors themselves that are affecting the health are not so much physical, but it's actually more mental. And people are opening up. We are able to signpost them appropriately. We are able to talk to them about managing relationships and letting their partners know what they're going through, what is going on. And, and I think that process actually is one that we feel is now really starting to become the the right culture for us is that we are becoming champions of men's health and also helping to address erectile problems that's terrific Adi. it sounds like you're doing lots of really good work there in 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 addressing these kind of issues and offering solutions to men about their health and being comfortable about offering those solutions as well yeah so thanks for that Adi. uh rob let's come to you now um and discuss your approach here from a manufacturer's perspective. I mean, I know Viagra Connect has conducted plenty of research uh, about men's erection problems. I mean, what do your findings reveal? Yeah, we, we um, as you say, Richard, we, we carried out quite a lot of research um, over the years. Um, and, and one piece of um, research um, that we ran uh, only a few weeks ago, actually, um, really feeds into something that Addy just touched on. Um, in that there's a big opportunity for pharmacy um, in this space. What, because what we discovered was that still today, 
um, only half of men who have erection problems are actually actively treating those erection problems. So there's a huge um, number of men who could still access a pharmacy um, and get support that they're not getting today. Um, and so if men are starting to come in in more numbers, which is what Addy's um, alluded to, then, then that's a great start, but there's, there's plenty more opportunity um, to, to go after. Some other um, stats that we have uh, from the research, um, from research actually that we did in, in, in the summer of, of last year, um, linked to some of the things that Martin um, was touching on um, about the fact that erection problems are not just um, about sex. They have much broader implications. Um, the research clearly showed that erection problems have a very negative effect on men's self-esteem. Um, and interestingly, around a quarter of them um, have anxiety and depression as a result of, of those erection problems. And we also did some research in January, um, which, uh, which, which showed that the lockdown um, and the, the, the restrictions that we're currently under as, as part of the pandemic um, were, were also having an impact on erection problems. And, and, and we heard from men that, uh, who suffer from erection problems uh, that about half of them uh, believe that the stress and the strain that they were under from the pandemic uh, was impacting their ability to, uh, to, to, to get and, and maintain an erection. Um, so there's a, there's a lot going on um, in, 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 in erection problems. There's, it's quite a complex area um, and there's a lot of uh, factors that feed into the challenges that men are having. But you've got a very, or building a very clear understanding of, of, of the problem out there, Rob. That, that's very interesting. And that's obviously going to help your approach in educating men and their partners on, on improving their understanding of the condition and then doing something about it. And, and is, that's what Time to Raise It is all about, isn't it? Your, your February campaign. Could you tell us a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, so Time to Raise It um, was an initiative that we launched uh, back in November. Um, it's, a, it's a movement to try to uh, help men uh, have more honest, more open conversations um, about erection problems um, with an aim to reducing the stigma um, and normalising the condition. Um, and we've had fantastic collaboration with uh, with Martin and, and the Men's Health Forum, um, but also with the charity Brooke um, and the dating and relationship expert Sarah Louise Ryan. Um, and we've had a fantastic response uh, from uh, the, the media um, and we've had some fantastic response from men who, who, who suffer from erection problems um, because, you know, men can... Uh, spend up to two years um, thinking and, 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 and stressing and worrying about their erection problems before they seek, uh, before they seek help. Um, and so this sort of initiative, um, we really hope will help those men to, to open up sooner um, and to seek help, um, whether that be from a friend, a partner, um, or a healthcare professional, um, like the pharmacy staff that we're talking about today. 
Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds an excellent campaign, actually. Ade, do you want to come in on that? I, I just wanted to say I really feel very, you know, quite excited about that campaign. And, and I think one of the key opportunities, particularly for community pharmacies, where all of us are now in England healthy living pharmacies, is how do we normalize and how do we create a platform where when people are coming in or having contact with us, we are looking at their life and their health in a much more holistic way, physical, mental, emotional. And this sort of campaign really sits at the ethos of that, where you are actually looking across the broad and actually saying helping somebody to have a better life, not just to have a better blood pressure or to have uh, a, you know, a better life expectancy, but to say, how can we help to improve the quality of your life and your well-being and your relationships as well? And, and I think this is the kind of campaigns, really, that community pharmacies love to take part in. Yes, they do. It's a really good good point, Ade. And, and maybe coming back to you, Rob, and, and to tie in, to tie all this up, um, what do pharmacy teams need to do here, you know, to maximise the opportunity? Do you think? Well, I, I think I mean Ade uh, touched on a few points which I thought were really interesting, which we're, we're trying to support um, through training materials and, and through some of the activity that we're doing on Bioga Connect, where he said that. You know, pharmacy needs to be kind of open to men um, and, uh, and, and make sure that when the, farm, the man comes into the pharmacy, that they get the right um, reception, that they are talk, spoken to in a, in a very respectful um, and supportive way. Um, and we, we've developed some training um, as part of the February uh, campaign to help pharmacy staff really um, sort of delve deeper and really try to understand what is uh, behind the man's uh, symptoms um, that they're experiencing, Um, as well as providing pharmacy with some some tools to place in the store, um, point of sale type materials, where um, men can pick those materials up, whether that be a leaflet, whether that be a card, um, take those to the pharmacy counter, um, which mean that the man doesn't necessarily need to sort of verbalise the condition or verbalise the challenges that they're having at the pharmacy counter in front of you know other uh, uh, other shoppers um, within the store, and so um, you know enables them more easily to start that conversation uh, with the pharmacy staff um, about what, as we've already touched on, can be quite an embarrassing uh, condition. Um, that men may be may have been struggling with for a while. Yeah, there's a wealth of of material there that that we would urge our our, our listeners to to check out. And thanks for for drawing attention to that, Rob. Um, well, gentlemen, I, I we probably have to bring things to a close now. That was a really interesting discussion. I think the fact that we've got four blokes on a podcast talking about this kind of health problem is notable. In itself, I think, but but seriously, this is a huge opportunity for pharmacy. Um, I think the Pontypi switch of Viagra Connect was one of the most significant in recent years, and it, it gives pharmacists and their teams a platform not only to manage an issue like men's erection problems that we've been discussing, but also, and we've talked about this, to rethink their whole approach to reaching out to men about their their health issues and and offering solutions that work for men and when. 
we as men are also reluctant to deal with our own health issues, that has to be a, a good thing. So a big thank you to Martin, Adi and Rob for your insightful contributions. Uh, the podcast is available on the Pharmacy Magazine website and all your usual download sites. Uh, there is plenty of men's health learning content at pharmacymagazine.co.uk, including some excellent e-modules on erection problems from Viagra Connect that Rob mentioned, uh, with some clinical background, communication tips and interactive case studies. Uh, please check it out. Uh, but for now, from all of us, thank you very much for listening. Thank <laughs> you.